Hey guys, it's Mike. It's 8.33 on the 14th of September 2022. This is the home video update. Um, it's been an interesting week this week. I've, as I said last week, we've started a new job, so I haven't had a lot of time to watch a lot of stuff. So it's going to be like the, probably the quickest what have I been watching section that I've done on this podcast. Because um, I haven't even literally been to the cinema once um, in this last week, which is weird for me. I try and go at least once a week, but there's been nothing I really wanted to see. I was tempted with the re-release of E.T. and to see the 3D conversion of Jaws. Um, but I wasn't going to travel to an IMAX to do it, for Jaws especially. So I thought, I'll leave that a little bit. Um, I am tempted with some of these re-releases. I know they're doing 4DX re-releases of some of the Nolan films and the first Fast and the Furious, which is kind of interesting and weird. Um, I don't know why that's come about, but it's kind of a cool little thing. But I have been watching this week um, 4K Star Treks. Um, I watched Star Trek Five and Star Trek Six. Five, um, as people heard the last episode um, would know, I quite like. Yes, it's very cheap looking. Yes, it's very cheap feeling. The budget was cut stupidly. They couldn't get um, ILM for the effects because they were busy on that stupid summer that year that had Indiana Jones and Ghostbusters 2 and all this stuff. So they were just busy and Shatner kept having money cut and money cut and money cut. And it looks like it. It looks worse than like the early next gen stuff um, on a bigger budget because they, they couldn't do it. And it's a shame, but this new version does look pretty good. Um it's not got the weird Paramount smeariness that I hate on most of their stuff um, on 4K. The encoding's pretty good. It's it's a it's a nice enough disc. Um, not having the original audio is just becoming a joke with Paramount. They are pretty shit. Um, I wish they would just put the original audio on there because it would make me so much happier to have the choice. Um, I've seen people whinging this week about the new. Um, Christmas films that Warner Brothers put out, like Elf and things like that, and having Atmos remixes. Why do you want an Atmos remix on Elf? It's Elf. I mean, seriously? Must you hear National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation coming from 75 speakers? It's press the up mix button. You won't notice a difference because it wasn't natively mixed in it. It won't matter at all. Um, but yeah, Star Trek V, I still like. I think the disc is pretty good. It's not amazing. Um, I wouldn't rush out and buy the set. Um, I'd wait for a sale, like definitely wait for a sale, especially since they've already released two sets with four of the discs being released twice. Um, you've got the director's set. You guarantee they'll do the next gen stuff soon and then they'll release it all again, I would imagine. And then another box set with the Abrams Kelvin universe. So, I mean, yeah, that that's a bad investment there, I think. Um, but it's good. It's probably the best thing we'll look for. Well, at home, because there won't be another home format, I should imagine. They might remaster them at some point, but Paramount kept putting out those discs again and again and again and again on Blu-ray, and they were terrible. So I think this is what we're stuck with for the foreseeable. Um, it'd be nice if they re-release some of the original audio, but it will be a case of we'll have to do it ourselves, which sucks, but it is what it is. Star Trek Six Director's Cut. As I said on the last episode, I don't like the Director's Cut. It's all right. It's got some... Weird choices. I know there are three different versions of the film. Um, the colour timing on that disc is a mess. Um, the skin tones are way too orange. There's issues with missing filters on Ruripente. Um, the space shots are way too bright. Like, the Enterprise was burning off my screen. It It's like the whitest thing in the universe. It's It, it just it doesn't work. The colour temperature is all wrong. It's... It's not like a weird filter that's over everything, like you get with the horrible release of Aliens on Blu-ray, um, where everything's till, 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 or Thief, the Criterion horrible remaster. It's done with some respect. It's not like everything's orange. It's just the skin tones and the uniforms are. It's a really weird, weird colour choice. I don't know what happened there. Um, the next thing I watched was Black Cat, the Michael Mann movie with um, Chris Hemsworth. I liked it in the cinema. I think the gunfights are stupidly dynamic and stupidly well done. Um, not a lot of people like that movie. It's got issues. It bored me this time. I liked it in the cinema, but it bored me. It's the first time I've seen it since the cinema. Um, I do have the director's cut of it. Um, it's only a 720p TV rip because that's the best that it's about. Um, just see what the difference is because apparently it's quite 
decent. Um, I don't know if it's got the 5.1 audio on the director's cut. I hope it has, the version I've got anyway. Because that is an amazing sound mix. Michael Mann is known for his sound mix for gunfights. I think the gunfight in that is better than the one in Heat, the one where they buy the shipping containers and everything. I think it's amazing. Um, but I also think the Miami Vice gunfights are better than the ones in Heat. Heat set the precedent, and it was the best thing at the time. But Mann topped himself again and again and again and again, I think, personally. He kept pushing it forward. I know a lot of people don't agree with that. and think Heat is the pinnacle, but Heat's sound mix... Um, is not the way it originally was anyway. So unless you saw it in the cinema or to a less extent, the latest disc, first DVD, you haven't really heard it because it's not the original sound mix. So I wanted to remind myself of the theatrical cut, which to be honest, I was only half watching before I went into the director's cut. So the director's cut is next on my list to watch. Um, I also want to rewatch um, Ron Howard's Rush. That's all it made me feel, is that my copy of Rush is still sealed, and I should really open that and watch it, because I really liked Rush. Um, and Chris Hemsworth not being in a Thor movie has got a bit of a bad rep for not really doing much of anything, and that's a shame, because I think he's actually alright. He's quite good in this, his accent holds quite well. And he was good in Spiderhead, was it, that Netflix film? That was alright, that film. Um... But yeah, it's it's got its moments. Blackout is just kind of boring. I watched the UK Blu-ray of it. It's, it's all right. It'd be nice to have 4K with the Atmos track because I'd love to hear that sound mix in Atmos because it was an Atmos release. Um, but it was about the time where they weren't releasing things like that on home video. Um, and the last thing I watched um, after a very long day at work was Napoleon Dynamite. I just couldn't figure out something to watch. I was flicking through all the many streaming services I had. Napoleon Dynamite showed up. I thought, do you know what? I haven't seen that in about 10 years. I'll give that a watch. And I can always remember Napoleon Dynamite annoying me because I saw it in the cinema and loved it. I told my brother about it, all my friends, like, you've got to watch this movie, it's funny. They all watched it and they all talked to me about a different film because they tacked on an ending, um, which I didn't realise was the thing until I saw it on DVD. I went, oh God, it's actually got a different ending. That's crazy. And watching it on Netflix, I think it was, I was. I thought, right, I need to stay for the credits or whatever else and see this extra. Oh, it's not there. It's like the original theatrical version, not the home video version, which is weird. I don't know what happened to that. I didn't actually look into it. I should look into that and figure out, hey, if it's only locked to DVD or it was only a certain market or something else, um, like the Austin Powers with the two versions. I was trying to explain to Americans on Twitter. It's like there's two versions of this film. There is the English version or European version, and the American version of Austin Powers. Because for years on Laserdisc, I only saw the American version. And then everyone's like, oh, that's a really good scene, that, with Christian Slater. Oh, that's a really good shit scene with this bit. And I'm like, what? That's the deleted scenes. No, it's in the UK movie. Oh, okay. And Christian Slater, wait, what? And he's actually in the movie, which is, like, crazy. But it's, yeah, it's a very short what we've been watching. I'm going to try and make up for that in the actual bulk of this episode my bulk topic which i've decided on um but before that we'll get through the news um warner brothers have announced officially because we knew it was coming for a while the extras and the details about the casablanca 4k so they have rescanned the negative um in 2022 with a 4k um scan of the nitrate elements which is great if done well happy with that um, you would have thought they would have scanned it a little bit higher than that. Um, I went back in the day, they were always scanning at like 8K or 16K for these like really important movies and then just downscaling it. So I don't know what happened there. I think some of the Bond ones were scanned at 6K. Spencer will probably correct me on that. But I think some of them were. Um, the weird thing is, it's like what on earth is going on where they don't want to preserve it. Do they just want to keep rolling and because new scanners come out and it's better quality? It could be something like that. Now, the one thing Spencer can correct me on and will probably be the real like expert on is they've stated explicitly the theatrical mono has been newly restored as well, providing a richer and broader frequency response than previously possible. Now, that could mean that it is 
properly uncompressed, properly untouched, properly unfiltered, and no um, dynamic range compression or anything else, and it's not dehissed or depopped, and it's properly restored. That's done in 2022. That's great. It's brand new. It should be state of the art. I'm interested to hear his take on that part of it because he is the guy who knows his stuff back to front, who will compare all this stuff and figure out, you know, where the differences are, what we're losing, what we're not losing. So that'll be interesting to see. But they've done some good stuff there. The extras, apart from the new restorations, are the same as we've had on a million different versions, which is fine. No problem with that. You know, it's the extras were already there. The cover art on the normal edition is terrible. Um, it looks like the new version of Raw Deal that's coming out that looks like an advert for like a gentleman's club. It's it's a weird choice. Um, they have to throw color on black and white movie covers because people think they're not in color and not buy them because they're idiots. Um, Evil Dead, the 2013 remake, they've announced um, the extras from Shout Factory. Um, nothing new, extras-wise, just normal extras, which is fine, no problem. I've got a lot of copies of that movie anyway. They have confirmed both the 4K transfers are... Both the bleh, both cuts are there, so the theatrical and animated cuts are the four, scanned in 4K. Great. Sony had done them already. The 4K... The uncut release on Blu-ray was scanned in 4K anyway, and I've had a copy of the 4K SDR version for years, probably about five years, um, because they've had it for download for years on like Sony's first 4K service. Um, so it's been about for ages without you know HDR, so that would be cool. Um, if for some reason it has the 2.0. Um, audio mix don't know why bit of a waste of space and considering shout factory releasing this and they can't encode and they're sticking two versions of a movie on a disc a bit scary so i'm not hyped about that i am however through no through lack of a better option because there is no other option at the moment giving the money i am paying shout factory for that and for the standard release of Army of Darkness, because at the moment there's no other way of getting them. Um, I'm sure Stuart Canal will release them at some point, probably just after they turn up, and they'll be better in some way, and I'll be pissed off, but I can't do anything about that one, which is a shame. Final Cut in the UK are releasing Desperately Seeking Susan. Um, I like that movie. I haven't seen it in a very long time. But there is new extras on it, which is cool, and it's quite a nice little package. Um, it's got new interviews with the director, um, producer, and an author of some Madonna book, which is cool. Um, original trailer, art cards, book and poster, double-sided cover, which is good. More places should do that. It's like it's got a slip box as well. Um, out November 21st, that's kind of cool. I like that Final Cut are putting these things out, though. They're actually bothering releasing things. I mean... It's really weird when you think some films are lost forever to different formats. Um, more on that later. Top Gun, the Steelbook Superfan Collection, which is such a stupid name. Um, bit annoyed that um, this is going to Zavi in the UK. It's basically a nice box for £100 with still books of Top Gun and Top Gun Maverick in it. With some dog tags and postcards, some other bits and bobs. Now, I've pre-ordered it. I don't like giving Zavi money. Um, it is just a box. Um, I wish it was cheaper. I wish it was more like 60 I might cancel this yet and see what happens. It's out December 6th. It's the normal versions with nice box, nice still book, and some tat. I mean, uh you know, I can give or take it. It's fine. Um, like I say, I pre-ordered it because I pre-ordered it, you know. Um, Paramount are releasing Fraser, the complete series, on Blu-ray, which is unexpected. Um, Paramount doing TV. Maybe this means they're going to put some other stuff out, which would be great. $129 is pretty good for 11 seasons. That's a lot of Blu-rays. And it's cool to preserve 
a good TV show. You know, we should be doing more of that. Kino have detailed um, Escape from Alcatraz. I love this film. I genuinely love this film. Um, and I will be picking this up at some point. It has a new restoration in 4K and a new audio commentary by Steve Mitchell and Nathaniel Thompson. Don't know who they are. It's got the original 2.0 audio. So I'm down for that because it's one of those films that I will rewatch again and again and again for years and years and years and always have rewatched. So I'm happy to pick that one up. And Kino are kind of smashing it at the moment for their choices. Um, I do need to look at... What was the other one they've just put out? Um, I'm going to have to look at this. Let's have a look. Um, to see, you know, they are putting a lot of stuff out. And I can't think of what it was. There was Escape to Alcatraz. There was... Let's go to Kino's site. Look, live web browsing on a podcast. This is fantastic, isn't it? This is riveting entertainment, people. Um, Kino. Let's have a look. Ba, 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 ba. So, Kino shop. And let's have a look. Can I filter by 4K? Probably not. Um, no, I can't. That's annoying. There was something else that they've announced or put out where they keep announcing stuff and never actually releasing them, um, which is a pain because they announce stuff too early, like they do with Mystery Men. That's one I definitely want to pick up from them because Mystery Men's great. Um, so... It's about find, you know. Um, so ah, here we go. So Killer's Kiss, Mad Max, Misery for a few dollars more. Fist for the dollars, Paths of Glory. Easy Promises, I want to pick up. That's fine. Outside, I have. Hannibal, I'll pick up at some point. Hard Target, I have. Science of Lambs is a screwed disc and no one should buy it. Because, nope. Tinker Taylor, I'm tempted with that, but I might just get the Studio Canal version. Tropic Thunder, I've got on Blu-ray. I've got no interest for the 4K version because that's kind of weird. Yeah, there must be nothing. Yeah. I don't know what it was that grabbed my attention. That's all that's on their site. But anyway, that was a weird digression. Um, yeah, so not a huge amount in news. A few bits here and there. But there is a bit of news that is quite important. Personally, I think so anyway. Um, where... Now, people think this is ground-shaking news. I don't think it is that ground-shaking because I know the history. Now, Criterion partners with Disney announces 4K Blu-ray release of Wally. -E. Okay, everyone's... Oh my God, the world is ending. Must be an April Fool. Criterion have worked with Disney in many ways for a very, very long time. On Blu-ray... They haven't, apart from the Wes Anderson stuff, which is contractual obligation. Wes Anderson has in his contract, whoever he works for, whether it's with Fox or whether it's with Disney slash Touchstone, that there is a Blu-ray release on the Criterion collection. This is the same thing that happened with Michael Bay, which is why the Disney movies, The Rock and Armageddon, came out on Disc and DVD with Criterion because it was contractual they had to put them out and that's what that was now people are going oh wow Disney now Disney animated on Criterion yeah okay that's kind of you and Pixar as well is definitely you that never happened before however they have worked with the Disney Corporation for quite a long time this is what I want to get into is the main topic, basically, where because they've opened this door now, and it's not just some weird contractual obligation where Andrew Stanton said, hey, I want this on 4K, because they could have done it before now. They could have done it a long, long time ago. This is a new thing, because 
they've never released one of these before. Now, as a new 4K master, whether that means the 4K master that's currently out there on the Disney disc, don't know. Um, I don't think there's anything extra apart from Dolby Vision, um, because Disney obviously bar what, two discs, Black Panther and Last Jedi, don't use Dolby Vision on their discs. People are up in arms about this for no particular reason. And people also hoping that there is a 100 gigabyte disc in this package because Disney don't use them and they need them. What a load of shit. They don't need them at all. Disney have not produced a really stupidly messed up encoded disc. You don't need it, especially for a film that's 98 minutes with minimal extras. Criterion could release something that's 40 minutes long with no extras whatsoever and still have it turn out absolutely terribly because they can't encode. They're one of these companies like Shout, like Paramount, who are really, really bad in places at encoding. They just don't know what they're doing. So this becomes a thing of what can we get from this? Now, we are getting Wally. Great, fine. The cover art's actually good for a Criterion movie, probably because Disney had a hand in it, or Pixar at least. So what can we get out of this is what I want to talk about. So I want to open it up to a discussion. Um, people leave comments on YouTube, um, comments on the Patreon. Um, shout outs to Liam and SW Studio Productions, my patrons there. Um, where I want to see what people want from Disney, and I've prepared a list. Now, the list is very focused on certain movies. So I've not done the whole swath of it because it could be a topic we revisit depending on what Disney and Criterion do in the future. So I've left it to just two parts of the Disney company. So at the moment, I've looked at Touchstone Pictures and Hollywood Pictures. So I've prepared a list of things I want, and I'll go into each of them as to why I want them and what I want from them. And just to have a look on, you know, um, what we can get out of this deal and what maybe you know, open it up a little bit because people say, oh, I want a release of Who Framed Roger Rabbit for Criterion. Well, it's already a Disney release. Same as Wally. You know, you don't need that. It's not going to provide anything amazingly extra. You're not going to suddenly get the unrated hardcore version of Who Framed Roger Rabbit because, you know, that that's a thing now. It's, it's not what you're going to get. So what can we possibly get? And all these are pretty much within the purview. These are not something that's a outlandish pie-in-the-sky thing. I haven't gone with that. I've gone with stuff that I would want to buy. And this is not just from Criterion, because if Disney are willing to work with a boutique label, that means that these could be from Arrow. These could be from Kino. Hopefully not Shout. Um, if Arrow, you know, even though I'm very hit and miss with them at the moment, they have released some really, really bad, poor-quality stuff. If they had their act together, and when they get their act together and Fidelity in Motion encode their stuff, they are probably the best out there for quality. And they will have the original audio tracks and things like that if they go to the boutique labels, which is a bonus as well with all of these. So we'll start with my wish list for boutique Disney titles. Now, going to start with. Um, oh. Why have I gone back? Touchstone Pictures. Um, let's say I've left some other subsidiaries. Brenna Vista, actual Disney, Disney live action movies. I'm just going to focus on this one because I want to open it up. Like I say, I might get another guest on um, and open this up as well. I know Spencer had some ideas on Twitter I saw about, you know, what he would want to see. And some of these are probably going to intersect here and there. But it's something I want to throw out as an idea. So touchstone stuff. The first one is Splash, Ron Howard's Splash. <sighs> Very complicated history on home video. It's not available. It's not as bad as Splash 2, which is 
completely non-available anywhere. Hey, if they want to do like a special edition with, you know, two two discs where you get Splash 2 as well, great. Even if it's an SD version in 4x3, because I think it's a TV movie, great. I'm happy with that. That's fine, because the VHS is stupidly bloody expensive. So, hey, at least it's a version. But I want Splash uncut. Obviously, there's a big controversy out there because of the version on Disney Plus has CGI hair over Daryl Hannah's ass because you can't see that. Um, there's cropped out breasts and things like that. I mean, look, I get it. But I was a kid when I saw that movie. I saw it on VHS or in the cinema or whatever. You know, I saw it when I was a kid. I wasn't deeply disturbed. I just thought Daryl Hannah was attractive. I didn't know why I thought Daryl Hannah was attractive being a kid and not really understanding it. But I could see that she was an attractive lady, you know. So there's no reason that Ron Howard, who still is on good terms with the Disney company, couldn't come back um, and actually, you know, do a commentary track or they have the making of Splash somewhere because the Disney stuff always had those on the Disney channel, you know. So um, I want the original audio track, you know, I want the original 2.0 Dolby Stereo mix, you know. These things existed. They should still be out there. You know, I don't want to have to go to some weird version somewhere like the Laserdisc, which is, you know, remastered with Dolby surround and widescreen and everything else just because I want to see Daryl Hannah's backside. You know, it's this shouldn't be a thing that we are missing, not just her, you know, her showing her ass it's like why why is it cut in the first place why do we have to go to these links of people making their own like special editions or whatever else they should exist and i get to a certain extent them cutting it for you know disney plus Hey, maybe if it came out a couple of weeks later, or a couple of months later, or even years later, it was 1984, you know, um, maybe it would have been PG-13 instead of PG. I mean, yeah, maybe, maybe that's part of it. Maybe that's the reason why they cut. I don't know. It's just a weird thing um, because it's PG and there are nipples and there is bare ass in it. I mean, yeah, maybe they're scared of the fact that some, they had some complaints or maybe someone... Into, I don't know. It's just a bit weird. Um, a better film, personally, and one I really love, I own on Blu-ray, is Adventures in Babysitting. Now, why do I want this upgraded to 4K? Well, one, the master is a little bit old. And for two, also cut on Disney+. Plus. So I think we should preserve the cut, uncut version in its best form in a, on a 4K disc. Yeah, all right. It's not the most worthy of title. It's not as egregiously cut as Splash with the weird CGI hair. This is just cut for language. Um, and pretty much, yeah, it's just literally language. It's like a couple of um, homosexual slurs. And I think there's just an F-bomb. I think that's all they cut. But still, why is Adventures of Babysitting uncut? That's just stupid. Um, I don't get why. It's just a bit weird. Um, I don't know. I mean, look, the Blu-ray's uncut, at least. I can go out and get the Blu-ray and sit down and watch it. Get it off the shelf, sit down, watch it. And love my life. Fantastic. Um... It is missing the original audio track. Not the biggest crime in the world. I'm not going to cry over it. Um, there will be extras. I'm sure there'll be something that's on there which will, you know, be worthy of sticking on there because there's no extras as far as I'm aware on the Blu-ray. It was this thing where I think it was three films. No, four films. that came out at the same time um, from Disney that were labeled as like, anniversary editions, special editions, and they had no extras. Adventures Babysitting was one of them. High, fidel High Fidelity, the next one I want. 
one of my favorite films and books of all time. There is a 4K version in Dolby Vision sitting on Disney+. Plus. It's all right. It looks pretty good. Why can't we have an amazing special edition of that with commentary tracks from Scott Rosenberg, Steve Pink, you know, John Cusack? Why can't we have the making of a focus on the soundtrack, you know? There's no reason why we can't, you know, have a really cool special edition of some of these films. But for some reason, they've kind of disappeared. Um, it's a bit strange that these films that would have had, you know, behind the scenes stuff put in, um, I know the Blu-ray's got some extras, um, but nothing amazing. Um, some deleted scenes I'm looking at now, conversations, but they could do commentary tracks, you know, there's a reason why they couldn't do something to push it that little bit further. Um. The same with Gross Point Blank, another one that came out at the same time, Collector's Edition. Woo, look at this Collector's Edition with nothing on it. Um, I I don't get the thinking behind these decisions. Um, you know, we, we've got to get this stuff out. We've got to... Um, there's an anniversary coming up. People like this movie, you know, whatever it is. I I just don't understand where they get to the point where they think, oh, that's good enough. Nah, just put it out as it is, you know. Um, I mean, I've got Gross Point Blank on Laserdisc. I've got the PAL version. I've got the American version, which I got when it came out, pretty much day and day. Um... But there's no reason, again, why we can't have, like, a really cool special edition. It had, like, three or four soundtracks. Um, the Blu-ray is okay. Um, I'd like a better master than it's got. It's fine. It's a bit old, a bit dated, but it's it's fine. Um, I flipped around here because that was a Hollywood Pictures one, not a Touchstone one. But it's in the same vein as it came out the same time. Again, with no extras. A more pie-in-the-sky one that came out around the same time with no extras is Dick Tracy. Warren Beatty's Dick Tracy is great. I've said this since I first saw it in the cinema. I still think it's great now. Had an amazing CDS soundtrack, which I'm sure they could remaster and go back to. I know Sony have done things with their SDDS soundtracks. There's no reason that boutique label couldn't go back what i really want and this is a little bit pie in the sky i'll take a better version in 4k with hdr because that movie would kick ass in hdr it looks so good what about the director's cut warren Beatty has talked for years about a director's cut and a sequel how he didn't get his director's cut out there how he's got a copy of his director's cut how he wants to screen it why can't we get that i'm sure we could in theory get that at some point if it exists if it's scannable if he's got like a neg that's conformed to the director's cut or something that's in a decent quality why couldn't arrow release it like we talked last week on the waterworld you the seas cut and the star trek um directs edition being fan edits why can't we have a director's fan edit where he's actually gone back and made it himself it may not be the best version it'll be like um the Beyond or something like that, or Exist 3, where you've only got VHS stuff that conforms to it. Hell, I'll take that just to see what his version was, you know, his longer, epic, four-hour, once-upon-a-time-in-Dick-Tracy-world sort of epic Sergio Leone comic book film. That would be amazing. I'd watch that all day long. The last one that came out around the same time, the one that kills me more than anything else, like really, really hurts, is The Rocketeer. My favourite superhero film of all time. Blew me away in the cinema. Still blows me away now. Think it's absolutely perfect. Nothing wrong with that movie. Apart from the fact the special, limited, amazing birthday edition had no extras on it whatsoever. 
are you kidding me? You know, can I literally, I probably can, go to YouTube, let's have a look, and type in making the rock rocketeer. Let's have a look. Oh, look, excitement in the air special, 1991, 23 minutes. What a surprise. Of course there was an original version. Could we not get someone like Adam Savage to come back and do a a commentary track on it because he loves it so much? If we can't get, you know, anyone involved in the film, I'm sure they will. There was a great um, Smoothie Makers, I think it was called, Kevin Smith podcast, where he gets people involved back to look at their movies and stuff like that. And he did one for The Rocketeer. And he got Billy Campbell back. And he got... Um, who else did he get back? I think Joe Johnston might have been on it as well. Um, it was, like, really good. Um, I mean, they did an interview, both of them, for, like, um, six years ago or something like that, seven years ago for D23. There's videos out there of screen tests. There's the stuff on here on YouTube I can see that... Why can't we get that? Why can't we get extras? Why can't we get a bit more, you know... Something a bit more interesting, a bit more, bit more, something a bit more substance, I think, is the main thing because there's no reason why we can't get these things. It's just laziness and then want to cheap out. Uh, do you know what? In saying that, because it's a Rocketeer, I will take a 4K bare bones disc, fill that Blu ray 66 slash 100, I don't care, with all the bit rate in the world. Nothing for extras. Just give me a 4K version with the choice of the original sound mix and the 2.0 sound mix and the 70mm mix. And I will go home happy and love my life. I'll take that all day long because it's such a good film. Um, another one that really annoys me is Ransom. Ron Howard again. Ransom, the director's cut. Now, this is only available on Laserdisc. Um, the Japanese and the US Laserdisc have it. The UK Laserdisc is the, uh, the beef cut UK version, actually. I think it was cut in the UK. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure it was. Um, Ransom Director's Cut is unrated. It was already an R-rated, like, nasty little thriller. I say nasty in a good way. Um, and the only way to get the Director's Cut is on an SD Laserdisc the DTS version also has the direct cut on, I believe, as well. Why is this stuck on an SD format? Hey, I love Laserdisc. I could go and get my Laserdisc Ransom out right now and sit there and watch the director's cut this afternoon. Hell, I might actually do that. But that's the only way I can watch it. Ron Howard will go back to these movies. Ron Howard will go back to, you know, whatever he wants... And sit there and do a commentary, I'm sure. Another one that's not on this list because it's not either of these companies, Willow. You know, that came out in an anniversary collection with no extras. Get him to sit down for a commentary track. He does them. You know, why can't we get a commentary track that, you know, he goes through this, you know? Why can't we get an interview with, you know, Mel Gibson or an EPK or a making of from back then in 91, I think it was, you know? 93? 95? 95. Um, I'll just say random 90s names again and again and again. Names, numbers, anyway. Too much caffeine, maybe. That's me today. Yeah, so I it, it annoys me, you know. Um, but then Dimension and Touchstone and all these people did that all the time, where they would release these unrated versions on home video. So look at Scream, you know. Again, another one that's lost. Even though Paramount's controlling the wine scene stuff, and they could release the unrated director's cut. They just haven't. Don't know why. But Ransom is one that I think they could do. Someone like an Arrow or a um, Criterion or whoever else, you know. They could put out that version. It exists. I'm sure the elements exist. I'm sure Disney can go back in the vault and have a look and go, oh, yeah, there's the elements. There's that cut there. I don't think it will be that hard. That's not a pie in the sky one. I do have a pie in the sky one to end this out, but that's not it. The rest of these three, four, four, are just films I want on 4K. 
Um, and I think the only way to get them is for a boutique label releasing them. So Tim Burton's Edward, I think it's his best film by far. I think it looked great in 4K with the black and white photography. I think it's a beautiful looking film. I don't care if it hasn't got any extras or just whatever's on the Blu-ray carried over. I'm not worried about that. I just want the film in a decent quality version. So that's what I'd want from that. Romy and Michelle's High School Reunion. Again, another one. David Merkin is fantastic. Um, he should have done more outside of The Simpsons and that movie. I think that he has done more, don't get me wrong. But more in that vein, I think it's a very funny film, a very clever film. And I just it's one of these films that I've got the digital version. I should pick up the Blu-ray at some point. But it's one of these films that's okay. And it's one of these films that will, I think, get lost to time and needs preserving. Because if you're not the avatars of the world or you're not the, you know, these big prestige films, these are the ones that get lost. Like like with The Rocketeer, you know, they begrudgingly put it out on Blu-ray and it's fine, you know. Hasn't got the original sound mix, got no extras, but it's not Infinity War. They're not going to re-release it again and again and again. We've got the original release and we've got the still book, both of which I own. That's it. Love your life. You know, they're not going to really go into it. I think things like that should be preserved because, all right, Romeo and Michelle is not worthy, quote-unquote, of something like the Criterion. I hate that whole thing. I'm not worthy of Criterion. But, yeah, I get that. It's a silly little stupid high school reunion movie. But then so is Gross Point Blank. That's just got guns and Dan Aykroyd in it. You know, it's... I don't know. I just like it, and I think it would be cool to see. Obviously, I want Enemy of the State because it's a Tony Scott film. It's a Brockheimer film. Now, I didn't put things like The Rock and Armageddon on this list because they've already released them. They've got special editions. Armageddon, the director's cut, is only available on the Criterion release. And I think the UK Buena Vista DVD as well. But that's basically a port of the Criterion version before Criterion had a UK presence. So it's the same disc, basically. Um, I would like The Rock and Armageddon because I think the Blu-rays don't look great, especially The Rock. I think it's filtered and over-sharpened and just not very nice. Same with Face Off, you know, I'd, I'd take Face Off. But I think they're no-brainers. I think they're things that would come out if someone did a deal like from an Arrow or a Kino or someone like that, if Disney's willing to work with them. So I'm not that worried about those. Enemy of the State, however, is a Will Smith film. He's fallen out of favour since he gave Chris Rock a talking to. So, yeah, I can see that. Tony Scott, you know, sadly dead, so not a drawer anymore. I can see them not making it a focus, so that's why I want it. I love it. It's a great movie. Um, it's a great companion piece to the conversation. So I, I just like it because it's a Tony Scott film and I love it. Um, again with extras I don't want the weird extended versions that came out for the Brockheimer movies on DVD I think they're crap they're not director's cuts they're just weird things with extra deleted scenes um, last one from Touchstone another frustrating release that came out on Blu-ray Martin Scorsese's Colour of Money my favourite Scorsese film by a wide margin controversial opinion and there was a brand new restoration made just before, maybe two or three years before the Blu-ray came out. And they were saying, oh, yeah, the colours of the pool tables in the last scenes were never right on home video. We finally got them right. We've got the colour timed properly. And it comes out and it looks exactly the same. I know some people on some sites have said the Disney Plus version is better than Blu-ray. I don't see it. I've got an eye for this stuff. I may be wrong, but I don't see the difference. I say could be wrong. You know, I'm not the expert on everything. I think I know quite a lot about this stuff, but that doesn't mean that I'm perfect. I make mistakes too. But The Colour of Money is a film that's definitely worth preserving. And if they're going to work with Disney, that should be on a Criterion or an Arrow or a Kino disc. I think that is a gorgeous movie. Done right in 4K. It should be preserved. I want the original audio mix. Because but Scorsese's use of music, music alone, it's worth it. And that those cracks when they hit, you know, they hit the cue ball and, oh, just amazing. Going on to Hollywood Pictures. 
a little bit of a shorter list, a little bit of a more predictable list, actually. Um, but it has got my out there on it. Um, I'm going to take gross point blank off because I've already been through that. Quiz show. Robert Redford's Quiz show. It's a great movie. It's on Disney Plus. You know, I've got the latest disc. It's an amazing movie. Again, a worthy movie, quote unquote. That should be on a 4K disc. It was an Oscar contender. Ray Fiennes is hot now. He wasn't back then. He was unknown. John Turturro is a solid actor. You know, I think it's definitely worth preserving. I think it's a great movie. And I'd like to see a decent release with some extras and some care put into it. Um, Crimson Tide, obviously it's a Tony Scott movie. I don't want the weird director's cuts or extended versions or whatever else they call them. Just Crimson Tide, the original 5.1 mix, which is world-endingly good. And that cinematography, with all the coloured lighting in 4K and HDR, would be breathtaking, and I would love it to death. I just want that. You know, I mean, we're not even getting to Fox stuff. That'll be another conversation for another release. But imagine, like, The Abyss, you know, with the original sound mix. It'd be so good. Um, one film from Hollywood Pictures that Criterion have already put out on a laser disc, those old fangled massive discs of yesteryear, the old men discs. Dead Presidents, the Hughes Brothers Dead Presidents. Why can't we have Dead Presidents on um, a Criterion collection again? It was a good disc. It's the only way to get the director's cut, the unrated version. There is no other way to see it apart from the lace disc, and it pisses me off. They re-released Menace to Society. I really got bad again. I apologise. The only way to see Menace to Society and the director's cut, I know they changed it again, I think, is on the Criterion Blu-ray and the Criterion Lace disc. Um, Dead Presence is a great film. I like it better than Menace to Society. I know some people don't, but I've always loved it. I think it's a great flick. Um, it's on Disney Plus, you know, it's um, it should be something that Criterion would get back. And I can see them doing their normal thing of one for us, one for them. So like the Criterion would of Armageddon would sell gangbusters. But and same with Wally, but their presence would sell less. But however, people are more savvy now and people are buying these films. People do these subscription things where, you know, um, they go back and they look at whatever movie it is, whatever studio rather, and they buy their, like, imprint, do those whole release packs. Um, and that just reminded me, there is a new player in the Reliance, uh, Radiance rather. Right, I'll add that to the end after I get through this. Um you know, these boutiques do these things where they will release a whole pack. You can buy the this release pack, like the January pack or whatever else, you know, imprint do it in a box set. So, you know, people do buy whatever Criterion release, like Daisuke or whatever else, you know, or they're just so hooked on, I must borrow the imprint releases or all the Arrow releases, whether they've seen a film or like a film or not. It's that FOMO thing of like, I must own them all. And I understand that you have an amazing library and you educate yourself, but how many of those films do you actually watch more than once? How many films of those, how many of those films do you like even, you know, I used to buy things sight unseen. I do it a lot less now because I'm older. Um, where I'm just like less brave and I will go through and think, Oh no, I'm not going to watch that more than once because I've got so many films I bought where I watch them and I don't actually like that. Like Ben Wheatley's Kill List, it was hyped up so much. I went out day one and bought it, sat down, watched it that day, and I was like, "Well, it's shit. I hate this film." So I gave it to my brother straight away, and I paid a fortune for that disc. It was like one of these films that came out like twenty four ninety nine or something like that. So you know, I get it, but Dead Presence would still sell, but it's going to sell less than some of the bigger titles. Um. I want Tombstone. I want George P. Cosmatis's slash Kurt Russell's Tombstone, and I want both cuts. Non-negotiable. I want the director's cut, quote-unquote, um, and I want the theatrical cut. I think they both have merit. The director's cut's better, but 
I want both of them. It's stuck on that Vista series DVD. It's something that was only ever in SD. It doesn't look great, you know. I want a special edition of that with commentaries, with all the extras, with all the bits and bobs, with decent cover art for once for that movie because it's never had a good poster or cover art ever. It's just shocking. It has been rumoured for 4K before. Um, and I think that's maybe where it's gone, to be honest. I think all these rumours of it coming out were actually happening and there was a deal going on in the background and this is where it's going to go. And I think it could end up with an arrow or a criterion. It's something that Criterion would put out. Something that Arrow would definitely Arrow would put out in a heartbeat. Imagine going up with like Robin Hood and things like that, and you know it's other '90s brethren. It's the perfect movie for something like that in Waterworld. You know, it's that type of movie. It was those big event movies with multiple cuts as well. Even better, the same as Robin Hood and Waterworld. It's it was that type of thing where producers. And directors and stars got involved in different cuts existed. You know, that's how that works. And it's great that there is another cut and it does exist, but it's stuck in SD the same, you know, as all these other ones are. Now we get to my pie in the sky out of these two studios alone. My one wish for a boutique release from a Disney property. I want... Danny Cannon's Sylvester Stallone Judge Dredd movie. Hear me out. I saw this in the cinema. Me, my brother and my best friend bunked off school last day of term. We said we were sick and we went to Bournemouth to the cinema. We got there for the first showing and outside were people dressed in the judges uniforms, like the Versace uniforms with the Range Rovers outside from the movie. Never seen that before. In Bournemouth, really? You know, you'd expect Premiere somewhere in Leicester Square or whatever else, fair enough. But it was so random. Back then, you didn't have camera phones or anything like this. So you couldn't take a photo. Um, but we were like, well, that's really cool. And when we came out um, of the film, they were gone. Um, the only people, the only thing there was the car, which was parked across the road. But yeah, it was really weird. We were like, wow, that's kind of cool. It's an event, this movie. I want Judge Dredd with the original sound mix and Danny Cannon's original director's cut. I don't think it exists in a conformed version. It must have done at some point. I think Stallone and the producers and whoever else got involved and said, no, we want this. No, we want this version of it. You can see all the issues with the film where they put Roy Snyder in where, you know, the ADR doesn't even match up with what he's saying. You know, there are so many things in that movie that don't work because it's butchered. Now, I'm not saying for a second that an amazing director's cut of this will be so much better and it'll suddenly be a masterpiece. It'll be better than Dread, you know. No, I'm not saying that. I'm not saying it'll be perfect. I just want to see it. It's one of these films that... You know, myth, the myth of it is better than probably the film's going to be. You know, it could be worse. It could be like they actually made it better by cutting it to pieces. It could have been absolute garbage originally. Because I sat down and thought, why have we given the guy who did Young Americans this bloody massive blockbuster with Sylvester Stallone? What are we thinking? But it's got so much that works in it. The visual design's good. There's so much. That Lawgiver gun. Oh, so good. Um, there are some really cool moments in it and some really cool ideas. It just doesn't come together because it was a product studio interference. You know, the ABC War is amazing in jury. It's like, oh, it's so cool. Um, it's shit. I'm not going to say it's a good film. It isn't very good. It really isn't very good. However, I really like it a lot. You know, there are some things in it that are good. There are some things that do stand out as positives. And it's a shame because I think it could be better. I think it would get a draw. I think people want to see that. They'll want to see the difference, you know. They'll want to look at it and go, oh, that's what it could have been. It's shit. But that's cool to see, you know. Same with Waterworld. People are still down on Waterworld. Like I said the other week, it's like, Oh, it's a flop. Oh, it's this. Oh, it's the worst movie ever. No, it isn't. It was good anyway. And now you get to see the 
extra stuff. You know, you get to see the extra version. You get to see what the Ulysses cut was, what the original director's cut was, you know. You get to see the TV cuts. You get to see some of the vision of what they tried to do. And I like that. That's kind of cool. So that's the main topic for this week. You know, I will carry this on, actually. I'll have a look at the other studios, maybe do some next week, maybe give it a breath to see what happens. This could be the only thing we get from Criterion or the other studios, you know the other boutique labels we, we might not get anything but it'd be cool if we get something we probably get half of this stuff we'll probably just get you know the same stuff again if we get the rock and armageddon which fine i'll buy them i mean i'll get the 4k version of the rock and armageddon but i think things like the wes anderson films are kind of obvious um i think we will get those there are 4k versions of rushmore on disney plus you know these things exist so i don't see it being a stretch to get the Life Aquatic and Rushmore and the other Brenner Vista ones on home video um, in 4K. I think that would happen. So going on to the news that I forgot about completely. Um, apologies to Radiance Films. I saw this on Twitter. I didn't know they were doing anything. I know it's been planned for quite a while. I think it was like May they announced they were doing something. Is Fran Simonelli? Simonelli? I've but I always butcher names. I do apologize. He was a former content director for Arrow Video and started his own thing called Radiance Films. Now, the titles that they're releasing in their first wave, one of which I'm buying hands down because it's fucking great. The rest of them are not my cup of tea, but I like what they're doing and I like the breadth of their first shots. You know, so we've got um, big Time Gambling Boss from 1968, Filler Up with Super from 1976, Man on the Roof from 1976, Miami Blues from 1990, Red Sun from 1970, She Dies Tomorrow from 2020, Sunday Woman from 1975, Welcome to the Dollhouse from 1995, Woman Kills from 1968, and The Working Class Goes to Heaven. Now, some of those films I've heard of and know, some I've seen, some I haven't, going to be honest. You know, I'm not, you know, one of these people that watches everything, like I say. I watch what I want to see. And I do spread out a little bit, less than when I was younger. Out of that lot, obviously I'm Iron Miami Blues because it's great. George Armitage is a great director. He's underappreciated. And it's one of the UK only releases. This is a UK, Canada, US release thing the same as Arrow does now. Um, but some are UK only, which Miami Blues is. And that is what the one I am picking up. Welcome to Dollhouse. I was tempted. I don't like Todd Solider's, wherever his name is, can't pronounce it, where I don't like controversial for controversial sake. And it falls, he falls into that one. Dollhouse is less so. Um, but it's still, it's not something I'm going to watch again and again and again. Um, but they all have decent extra. This is the very much you know, the Arrow way of doing stuff. So you've got the original audio track and nothing else. You've got as many extras as they can get, including some new extras. Like Miami Blues had some new extras on it from 2022, which is fantastic. Um, I also love the fact that it's got reversible artwork. And the artwork for Miami Blues has always been terrible. The posters are shocking. You know, all the home releases look terrible. This is gorgeous. Um, I can't remember the... Can I find it quickly? Do, 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 do. No. Um, the place that did the art, I followed on Twitter because it's really good looking art. And they've got Obi strips. They brought Obi strips to the UK. I'm so happy. Being a big Laserdisc collector, having Obi strips and stuff is so cool. So all the details of the, you know certificates and all the advertising like new transfer new this or whatever else is on the Nobi strip you can really you can take off if you want and shove it inside that's so cool and they're color themed as well it is going to at least this time i think it's such a cool idea i think it's really clever i think it's gorgeous looking um and a really really good idea and really cool so my own blues i'm picking up in a heartbeat like genuinely i think it's a cool little movie that more people should have seen um and it'd be interesting to see where they go from here because that's a weird 
you know, um, you know, a weird swath of like companies and things that they're working with there. Uh, who put out Miami Blues in the UK? Who's got the rights to that? Let's have a look. Let's have a look. I always remember it's a Fox movie. I don't know if it is or not, but I seem to think in my head, you know, it's a Fox film. I don't know if it is. Um, it's one of these ones that... Let's have a look. Have I got a picture that shows the detail? No. MGM. Okay, so fair enough. MGM licensed out to anyone all the time anyway, so... Hey, that makes sense. And it is, you know, a reversible sleeve. I don't know what the reverse is. And again, they're doing reversible sleeves with original artwork. Again, the original artwork is shocking for that movie. I think this is cool. I think this is promising. Um, it'd be interesting to see what they do. I know Shout Factory released it and MVD, I think, released it as well. Um, and... It'll probably be the same master. It's probably the same old bog standard HGTV master that's been going around for years and years and years and years and years and years. Um, the Shout actually only had 2.0 audio, had less extras. Obviously, it's going to have a lot better extras. Um, the artwork on both of them is shocking. Um, the SVD version, again, has less extras. So it's a collectible mini poster, but when the poster's terrible anyway, it doesn't really matter um but yeah so it's the same master on both of those versions it's probably the same master on this but i quite like the artwork and to be honest for 17 pounds i'll happily put some money in to support this company because it's basically the same price you're paying for the mvd collection the shout factory version for some reason is like 79 dollars 59 dollars so i'm guessing well out of print and people want it for some reason don't know why, just by the MVD version, it's the same bloody transfer anyway. And it's got PCM uncompressed audio as well. Oh, they both have. So yeah, it's you're actually not losing anything and it's got a poster. Yeah, why would you want oh people are idiots. I must have a shout factory at least. But yeah, Mind Blues, um, a great film. Um it's out in February next year, so it's got a while off yet. Um I know that the limited editions are cheap and you can buy a whole bundle of their releases on day one which is kind of cool if you want to start off collecting a whole label like i was saying about people doing that it gives you the chance to like jump in ground level which is really good i think it's quite positive and yeah i i think it's a way forward i think that it'd be interesting to see what they do they could be terrible um be nice if fidelity emotion if he uses the links that were made through Arrow, that's cool and gets the same distribution and the same quality put in. Um, I don't mind them being scanned cases. I don't want hard, big slip boxes for everything. I haven't got the space. It'd be nice for some special editions or something amazing here and there, but I like that. I think that's a good way forward from Radiance. I think that that could be something interesting. So I'll call that the show for this week. Um, Reach out, let me know um, what you think, if there's anything else. Hopefully the audio is better this week. I know it was quite low last week. Um, I couldn't find a way to fix it. I don't know what happened. I've looked at it a million times and I can't figure it out. Um, so hopefully it's better now. Um, I'm going to try and get up with Spotify. I know someone asked about Spotify. I don't use Spotify. I hate Spotify, but I will put it up there. Um, I think it means I have to make an account, which I don't want to do, but I'll happily do it since someone asked for it. Um, so yeah, that's this episode. Um, let me know, like I say, if you have ones that you would want to see in the, um, Criterion Collection or any other boutique labels from Disney or one of the subsidiaries. Um, but yeah, until next week, this was episode five. I'm Mike and I'll see you next time.